Thought Bubble Audio. Look, up in the sky! You will never find the more wretched hive of scum and villainy. Welcome to Beer with Geeks with Tim and Frank. Who are you? I'm Batman. I am Iron Man. Your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Hi, Christopher. I'm Nero. My name is Inigo Montoya. You're a wizard, Harry. A couple of guys with a couple of beers and a whole lot of pop culture nostalgia. Make it so, number one. Ladies and gentlemen, the Beatles. Name the dog in the ant. Life finds a way. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Now sit back and crack open a cold one. Because it's time for Beer with Geeks. It comes in paints? Shaken, not stirred. Great Scott! I was way off. I knew it started with an S, though. Hi, and welcome to Beer with Geeks, where two geeks geek out with beer. I'm Tim, and with me, as always, is my man who went to a galaxy far, far away, but managed to come back. Frank, how are you today? I did. I did. I, I boarded the shuttle Tiderium and made my way back. Uh, the uh, the codes nope. were a little old, but they checked out. Oh, yep. And, you're back on track. Good. Yep. 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 And, uh, and, and there we go. So... I don't know why I picked Shuttle Tidarium. I just did. Um, hi. Hi. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing Ex- great. I, Excellent. I have some exciting, exciting tales to regale you with, uh, and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to getting down into it. But first, I want to hear from you. I want to hear what you're drinking. I am drinking a Feyborn Berliner Weiss Blueberry from Down the Road Beer Company. Mm. I've had this before. I, did I have it? I think I had it on the... Titans episode. That sounds with right, Lauren. That sounds um, right. I think I remember you mentioning down the road on that episode. So yes, I yeah, so. yeah. Uh, I pretty yeah. I'm pretty sure that's when when we had it and um, when I had it. But it's a real like it's a real summer beer, and we're like inching our way out of summer. So uh, I'm like, I really should drink this beer now. Like I have to finish it. Totally. It, I did mm-hmm. one last run to my my neighborhood beer store of like a bunch of summer beers. Um, just because, you know, I'm starting to see, uh, the, uh, pumpkin beers starting to make their way onto the shelves. And I was like, all right, I yep. got to get one last batch of summer beers and enjoy these while I can. So, um, yep, agreed. So Oktoberfest is in the taps. Yeah. Already. Mm-hmm. Starting. I saw some shipyard pumpkin head, um, starting to make its way around. So pumpkin is really a late summer vegetable. So I suppose in a way it's okay to have pumpkin in the late summer because that's, that's actually when you're supposed to have it. I suppose, but admittedly, it's it's pretty heavily associated with fall. So right, but, do you think um, that if jack o' lanterns weren't a thing, would we associate the pumpkin with fall the way that we do? That's interesting. I don't. Know. I would bet yes, because I I I think I, I don't know. I don't know history, what the history is or whatever. But like, it seems to me that like pumpkins are often pictured with like fall leaves, like leaves that have turned right that are like. The foliage mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. So I even visually I sort of associate it with with the fall. But but you're right. It's like a late summer harvest, you know, vegetable. But I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. All I know but is that... Right. Yeah. Jack lanterns roll around because pumpkins are starting to decay. So like, oh we should do something right. with these. Yeah, true. Yeah. True. true. Mm. Yeah. You're not wrong. Yeah. I can't argue I, with No, but I also that. think you're right. I mean, it's I think you're right. It's it's a fall. It's a fall drink. Give me till September twenty fourth or whatever it is. Yeah. And then yeah. I'll start having it. Then I'll start. Ha- give me. Get me past Indian summer in the sure. New England, and I yeah. will. Yeah. 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 Right. And I will be here for you like a good friend. 
Yeah. And am, and his beer. I am looking forward to my first pumpkin head. My am I am a southern tier pumpkin. Oh man, I got to get some of that this some this uh, this fall. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, um, that's great. That's great. The uh, the Berliner Weiss. Uh, love a good Berliner Weiss. Indeed. Um, what are you What are you drinking? I am about to try a new one here. This is <gasps> Gasp. Old, Old Planters El Milagro Dry Hopped Mexican Lager. Oh, oh, I like that can. Yeah, it's cool, right? I thought I thought you liked that. Yeah, uh, it's got the guy you know holding I love the two a good beers. Mm. Uh, he's like a farmer holding holding the two beers. And good uh, sound. Drink, mm-hmm. drink, drink, drinking the beer. Ooh, that's good. All right, so this is uh, this is a. Uh, brewery based right here in Beverly, Massachusetts, just up the road from me. I gotta head over there. They have a tap room. Oh. It says here on the uh, on the can. Um, but uh, yeah, this is a. I'll be there is... in an hour and a half. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, no, this is really good. This is a really good lager. It's a very. Um, it's actually. Um, it's it's very hop. It's 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 quite hoppy, but very malty at the same time. Mm. Um, I guess that's the dry hopped. Yeah, dry hopped lager. Yeah, I like it. I'm into it. Thumbs up, like two it. thumbs up from me. Old Good for Planters, you. El Milagro, dry hopped Mexican lager. Um, well, I'll, I'll I'll tell you what. Another thing that I really liked recently was um, I got to go to Disneyland. <gasps> Disneyland, you went to the land of Disney. I did. Was it? Did you have a good time? I had a great time. I had a great time. I went with uh, ten friends. Uh, we were a large group. Um, yes. Yes, you were. Some of you who listen to me over on Starkville's House of El Krypton, my my co-host Derek, um, he hosts another podcast with Brian Austin Green from Nine O Two One O. Um, Casual. David Silver. So uh, we uh, all headed out. Of, ten of us, uh, sort of podcasting friends, all headed out to L.A. to help put on a live episode of with brian austin green actually i'm wearing my with brian austin green t-shirt right now oh um, yeah so um, it's exciting yeah so we went out to la and we we took a day when when most of us got there we took a day to uh just to hang out before the we got down to business and and did the, the live show so we went to disneyland for a day because tim i don't know if you've heard you know it's very underground but um there's a new section of disneyland that just recently opened you may not have heard about it. it's very obscure uh, I think you're talking about Jurassic Park Land. Nope, nope, not quite, not quite. Um, Are you talking about Seussland? Seussland, as much as I would like that, no. Um, no, I am not. Um, nope, I am talking about Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. Ooh. Yeah. I have not heard about that at all. It definitely <laughs> has not been on, it's definitely not on my places I need to go before I die list. No, definitely I mean, not. it's just stuff. I'm definitely not saving every penny I have to fly out there, cool. you know, cool. at a moment's notice. And I definitely uh, didn't cry myself to sleep every night you were in L.A. because I couldn't go with you. <laughs> oh, so I know. We were hoping it was going to work out. But next year. Next year. Yeah. Um, actually, remind me to tell you later what the tentative plans are for next year. Okay. Um, but uh, we uh, we got to go there. So a so, uh, bunch of friends. We all went there together. Uh, I have to give a special shout out to our friend Kim. Kim is an LA resident, and she has an she is a Disneyland annual pass holder. Um, oh, good for her! Which gives her special privileges, like being able to um, make reservations and and things like that that are more more easily and like before everyone else. Mm-hmm. So, um, shout out to Kim. Salute to Kim because she 
was like she was like if we were cub scouts she was like the troop mom the whole time because like she goes to disney like all the time like i'm talking like once twice a week sometimes like it's what she just you know she she she's she lives locally and can can pop in for dinner if she wants um which is awesome i'm like that is cool it's a crazy yeah. life right just be able to drive over to disney get dinner and and go home like it's but that but she can do that that's the la life so i can um, drive to the uh outback steakhouse yeah it's just like that except bigger and a lot better but yeah. um yeah so happier happier definitely happy so uh, i literally got off my flight picked up a rental car made a quick quick pit stop to the drive through for in and out burger and then went straight to disneyland um, Whoa! Yeah, because that was we had we had reservations at Oga's Cantina, so I knew that I had like I had a time when I had to be there, and I had to be there, and I got there with twenty minutes to spare, so I just made it. Um, <laughs> but literally, like I'm, I got there. We were walking up Main Street, USA. We go through Frontierland, and then and met up with the with our, our group right there uh, near Main Street near Adventureland, and we go through Frontierland, and we're walking past uh, the um, Splash Mountain, and then we go through this sort of. Um, this stone tunnel. To call it a tunnel would make it seem like it's dark in there. It's it's more like a an arch, a big stone arch that lasts for. You can kind of walk through the walkway for a little bit. It's almost like a tunnel, if that makes sense. But there's plenty of light, right? Plenty of sunlight. Did and the ground feel weird? Kind of spongy. Feel weird. Um, any it, any minox front floating around? <laughs> no, but I'll tell you what what there was. was oh, okay. There, there was this eerie sort of ethereal ambient music playing so that you took almost to drown out the sounds of disneyland in the background that makes sense sure so okay it's a transition right so you're walking mm-hmm. through you're walking through and um suddenly the walls the stone walls um they they look less uh like like they're like it's a something a, a, a cave carved out of a rock and it starts to look more like buildings and you start to notice these like holes in the walls like they look like they're from like blasters and you start to look around and you see these buildings and these lights that look straight out of straight out of the films i mean it's 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 the architecture it's not actual buildings you recognize but the style the architecture it looks like the the ben burt style not the ben burt the uh, um, ralph Ralph McCory style style. uh uh there there is a ben burt thing that i'll i'll uh, oh, I'll mention it in a second. Uh, not quite yet, but um, so you walk in, you sort of see these buildings, and they they look like something you would expect to see on Tatooine or uh, uh, or in Jakku, except it is Batu. That's the name of the the mm-hmm. planet. This is supposed to take place on, and all the people, all the people who who uh, all the there's off to one side. There's a uh, a vendor selling blue milk. And uh, <laughs> off to. Did you get some blue milk? I didn't. I didn't get blue milk. Some friends did, because um, the first thing we did was we went to Oga's Cantina. We had our reservation at Oga's Cantina. Gotcha. So that was our our the first thing we did. So like we're we're just taking it all in. There's a there's a Tie Fighter and a, a uh, first order Tie Fighter full size off to our right as soon as we walk in uh, to the park, and then right next to that is Oga's Cantina. <laughs> That's cool. It's just just a full size Tie Fighter, friggin' cool. big and right out there. It is, it is like uh, I, I wanted. I I couldn't take enough pictures of. It. Like I wanted pictures of myself in front of it. I wanted pictures of it just on its own. Like it was. <laughs> I just was like, I want every. I want to show how cool this is. It is a it is a first order Tie Fighter, 
right there, like first thing I saw. Um, and so I'm taking that in and a few steps down is Oga's Cantina and it's almost time for a reservation. So we, we check in at the host's end and we, we get in line. They let us in like five minutes later. And it is like, I, I felt like I was at the Moss Eisley Cantina. Like it's... the bar looks mm-hmm. just like you'd expect it to look in, in Moss Eisley. The details everywhere in this place. I mean, like the floor, the floor has like that, that, um, grime. Grime, yes, yes, honestly, yes. That, but like that specific grime that is specific to Star Wars, um, lived in that, grime, that worn yes. look that lived, uh, worn universe, used universe look. Mm-hmm. Uh, that like a stone floors you would expect them to have. The the bar is lit up, and the lights lighting up the bar are those like sort of oblong rounded edges, like pill shaped. Yep. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, lights mm-hmm. that you see everywhere all over Star Wars, right? Like in Imperial ships and I guess even in the Falcon to an extent, like the bar is lit up with those. Behind the bar are a collection of weapons and creatures. I'll, I'll, um, I'll post a photo album of some pictures that I took. Um, that's a great show. idea. I'll put it mm-hmm. in the show notes, but it's, um, yeah, all these creatures, there's a tank with some kind of water creature living in it. Um, and it's like moving and bopping around and stuff. There's music, of course, because it's a cantina. There's music. Sure. And it's not a is live the, band. Is it the cantina music? Is it like the, like, Moss Eisley music? For the most part, no. I did hear one modal nodes. I did hear one. I don't think it was, um, it was the other one. It was. yeah yeah um it was that one uh but it was that with like like a techno remix of that so it was like they sampled that you know gotcha but um it's not a live band who's playing it it's a dj it's dj rex uh rex or r3x it's the droid that used to be the pilot on star tours the old star tours oh my gosh yeah now is the dj in oga's cantina by the way, spoilers for Galaxy's Edge. <laughs> there are a lot of people who don't want to get spoiled on what the experience is and, and whatnot. Oh, oh, I'm gonna okay. I'm going to spoil Ogas. I'm going to spoil Smuggler's Run. I'm going to spoil the whole thing. So if you don't want to, if you want to go in pristine, let's say you have plans to go like next week or something and you really don't want to know, tune out. But, but if you, if you do want to know, if you do care, please listen because this is, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to tell you the whole experience. Um, so, Cantina was awesome. Uh, the the they have a very nice selection of drinks, um, uh, alcohol and without alcohol. Mm. Um, so they do have blue milk. Uh, the blue milk is um, it's something of a um, mystery. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, it it comes with a. It's very sweet. So I gotta say, if you if you like cocktails, right? Mm. That's most of what they serve. At the cantina, um, uh, and and even the the ones that are not, uh, they have they have like mocktails, um, as well. They're very s- sweet, very sugary. Um, so I started out with uh with one. I went with the the jet juice, which is a Maker's Mark bourbon, um, uh, cantina uh, 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 cocktail, which I like bourbon. I like I like whiskeys. As CR Batman eighty nine co- commentary to see just how much I like bourbon. Um. <laughs> Answer too much. Uh, Good but times. I, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I started with that, and it was it was very good, but it was very very sweet. Um, 
So I was like, well, if I'm paying $14 for a cocktail, I might as well enjoy it. Um, so I'm going to move on to something else. So for the second one, I got a beer. I got a Gamorgan Ale, um, which was a cool. red ale. Ooh. Um, so yeah, that was great. I did not do, so you can, you can do these, um, special, um, commemorative glasses. So you get a souvenir glass you get to keep, um, for, you can get the Yub Nub, which is a tiki cocktail in like a tiki cup, like a, like a ceramic tiki mug. Um, mm-hmm. and, and the carving, you know how those mugs always have like a face on them or something, right? Yes. The carving around the outside of the tiki mug tells the story of the battle of Endor. It's, oh. it's almost like, imagine what like an, a, um, an Ewok cave drawing or, or would, would look like. And that's what the outside of the entire cup, it just tells the whole story of the battle, the battle of Endor. So it's sort of primitive carving of like TIE fighters and, and, uh, ATSTs and stuff. It was very cool. It was very cool. I like that. It was also that's $45. Just, that's, that's just like, wow, jeez, my gosh. Yeah. Well, you get uh, to maybe. keep the mug is the thing. So you're paying $15 mm-hmm. for the drink and $30 for the cup, I guess. Uh, it's a lot for a cup. It's a lot for a cup. So I, di- I didn't do that. A couple of my friends did. I was very happy for them, but I couldn't bring myself to do it. There is also the, the Rancor Beer Flight, which is all the beers they have on tap, but they each come in a ceramic Rancor tooth <gasps> uh, shot glass. That's so in cool. In the flight. And for seventy five dollars, you can buy that and keep the keep the the glasses. Do not um, do not think it's that cool, but it's, it's cool. Still, not that it's cool. it's actually cooler. I'm closer now. It was for it more was, money. It yeah. was cool. It was cool. Um, it definitely was cool. But uh, I, I didn't get that. There's also then on the on the non alcoholic side, there is one called a twiff a, a cliff dweller, uh, which is just like a juice. It's a juice. It's a non alcoholic just juice drink. Uh, that comes in a porg mug that you can keep. That's uh, that's like cute. Bucks, so that's cool. The blue bantha comes. Uh, the the bantha milk, uh, blue milk comes with a cookie, uh, which I heard was was very very good. It's like a vanilla butter sugar cookie. Okay. Um, but all all very sweet. So it was great. It was a great experience. I had a blast there. We were there for like forty five minutes or so. That's sort of what your reservation gives you is about forty five minutes, and then they gotcha. Sort of. So it's about two drinks. Um, and then they will sort of, I, I've been told they sort of kindly start to usher you out. That didn't happen to us, but after about 45 minutes, we were like, all right, cool. We want to go ride Smokers Run. So we, we left anyway, um, of our own accord. Had a great mm. time. Fantastic. I can understand that, why they would do that. Cause they don't want people getting sloshed. They don't want people getting sloshed and they also want other people, like the line is, is long. So they want to, mm. they need to keep the traffic moving in and out. You know, we got to stand at the bar. There were also booths where you could sit. It looked like they were putting, like, if your party wasn't big enough, they'd put you with another party at the booth, which seems, like, kind of awkward, but whatever. Mm. Um, but we stood at the bar. We were fine. We had a good time. We were all, we were, we had all just arrived, right? Like, I just got off a flight. Most of them had just gotten there. So we were all, like, saying our hellos and, like, Oh, and so stuff. you basically so, got there and went, so you decided, so you met at this place. So, like, you entered Disney Park on your own. No, I'm, I I entered Disney Park uh, with Kim. She like was waiting outside with my ticket for me and, and walked oh, in. Oh, okay. Met the rest okay. of the group like right near the the the, the um, Walt and Mickey statue, and then we walked as a group into Galaxy. Oh, 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 okay, okay. But it had been like five minutes since I'd gotten there, right? So we were still sort mm-hmm. of like, "Hey, man, I haven't seen you in a year. How are you doing?" You know, we're doing all that kind of stuff, uh, catching up with each other. From there, we stepped outside, and we. We're looking around and we're seeing like, oh, there's like where the, where they make the droids and like there's there was a really cool display of like a bunch of there's like parts droid parts parts of of um, protocol droids just strewn about and like a red R two unit just there 
but like looking all rusted and in decay and in a, and a, 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 um, a, a, like a, a case behind him, like a shelving unit behind him. This is outdoors. And a shelving unit behind him were parts of a, a, a prequel era battle droid uh, all like folded up. Like, like oh, you know how, the, how the droids that's... fold up? Mm-hmm. It was all folded up like in a, in a car- almost like a carrying case, like a cat carrying case over in the corner. That's I, see, I thought they were just kind of like ignoring the prequels. So even just to have a battle droid makes me happy. It's, it was so cool because it would think about if you go to a, an auto body shop and you see parts like a, a, a fender off of an old car or like an old spare tire. It was like that. It was the parts like that's that's what they were there for. Like, oh, maybe I can get a, you know, a motivator out of this one or whatever. Um, so that's that's that was the premise of like, sure, it's old, but like maybe we can use some some circuits or whatever. SR five's got point. a bad motivator. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. That's it. Nice. So nice. from there, we rounded this corner, and there she was. I the Millennium Falcon. The Millennium I assume. Falcon. You're, okay. Yeah. I, 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 what we were like, uh, Carrie Fisher. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Still alive, but imprisoned in the park. No. Oh, too soon. Um, uh, no, yeah, there was the Millennium Falcon, and I, like, audibly gasped. Like, I was awestruck, because there it was. Like, it was the real thing in front of me, full size, the real deal, everybody looking up at it, like, just mouths agape, you know, and I'm I'm with them. Uh, just, it was incredible, and it was awesome to be with, like, ten other people who I knew got it. You know, we were all geeking out to the same level. Yep. Mm-hmm. I think that's important when you're going, because you don't want to be like the dad that goes with their kids that's too young, and your wife hates Star Wars, and you're right. like, look, kids, it's the Millennium Falcon, and they're like, I don't know how to spell Millennium. Yeah, can we go back to the Dumbo ride? I can spell that. Right. Um, yeah. <laughs> like, I... Can we go so... to Seussland at Universal now? <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> you can spell it. Um, yeah, I... <laughs> I, I, so I was just I was just awestruck and uh you know taking pictures of it like crazy. The thing is beautiful. It's is amazing. It's amazing. Um, right next to the the actual Falcon itself is the entrance to Smuggler's Run, which is the Falcon ride. So gotcha. um, the one the, like one like tiny gripe I have is that you don't actually get to walk up the ramp of the Falcon like where you would see Han walking up to go oh, on. Oh really? You don't get to board it that way. You have to board um, in the back where, like, the thrusters are, basically? Sure. Well, there's there's a ramp off to the side to a building that is next to the Falcon, right? And so it's it's almost like, it's almost like, uh, uh, you know, you don't, you don't, I mean, I guess you can walk, you can walk onto a plane, like, with the little stairs that fold out of the door, right? Mm-hmm. Or you can go through the terminal and go through the jetway and board that way. So you're so basically going through the jetway. You're going, you're like, okay, enter the, the terminal this way is almost like how, how it is. Again, thanks to Kim, we had fast passes, so we we were able to just like get basically get on the ride. Um, so we we walk through the queue area. The queue area is very cool. Um, there are as you know, Disney rides are so good at this, where there are just things to keep you occupied and keep you visually stimulated the whole way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so there are just like you feel like you're walking through the like engine room of of a, of a ship that's being worked on, and there's like toolboxes open with like the tools strewn about like someone was just working like was just tightening a screw and then walked away to go get something else and left the tools out you know like like they'll be right back um that's cool there was a little table 
that had a it's, bunch of it's almost like anti-disney that way like we're leaving the toolbox out kinda, to show you we're working kinda. on something but to, to show to show that it's like you're you're in a working spacecraft right like an operating spacecraft use universe uh, right use universe exactly it's a piece of junk it's got to be worked on all there the time you go yeah exactly there was a table um this is like behind a railing not behind glass but behind a railing so like just out of reach you could you could feel like you you could just reach out and touch it but it's just far enough you can't touch it mm-hmm. there's a table that had a bunch of sabac cards laid out and like a bunch of chips like so someone was just playing sabac um there were a few things like that uh you get closer you get up to the um actual start of the ride itself and you walk into this big room where like probably 50 people can all fit and you all look up, and then I saw the most realistic animatronic I've ever seen in my life. This is the, like the world's most realistic animatronic or something like that, right? Hondo Anaka. Yeah. Yeah. I think hmm. you sent me like an Instagram video of this like months ago when the place first opened. Um, yes, I did. That's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. Hmm. So it's that guy. It's Hondo, Hondo Anaka. The most realistic, like the way his gestures are, like his hand gestures and his his fingers are, this is weird to say, his fingers are so articulated where like you can see every little flourish of every little finger joint. Mm -hmm. It's it's weird, but it's so real. And he even like steps forward and steps back. It looks like he is like shifting on his feet like a person would. Like it's so realistic looking. So the whole premise is he is a smuggler. He is borrowing the Falcon from Chewie and Chewie appears on a video screen and like, you know like agrees to let him have mm-hmm. the, have the falcon it's like i will help you with with resistance what, stuff what massacre what weird world is this where she was like yeah take the falcon take the other falcon. smuggler well sure. the, the deal that they're cutting is i will help you with resistance stuff if you let me borrow the falcon to uh steal some coaxium i'll sell it and we'll all we'll all share in the profits and then i'll help you with some resistance stuff. okay that's cool. the whole okay. that's the mission right. we're gonna steal okay. some coaxium I mean, so, it's all a big setup so you can go on the Millennium Falcon. Right, so right, it's like, basically. yeah, I understand. Okay, you walk cool. Through, Our- you, you walk through uh, like a, a, a very crowded hall, a very tight hallway, and then the doors open. And you're mm. in the Falcon. Now you're in the Falcon. Like, there is the hollow chest table right there. And, the, and there's like the, the, the round, um, you know, hallway with like Chewie. We're home. Like, you're there. You're in it. You're mm-hmm. standing in it when the door opens. And immediately what everyone does is everyone's group all goes over to the hollow chest table to take a picture by the, uh, sitting around the table. Like, that's what every group does. So, you, you know, you're, you're, you head over there. They start handing out. They ask, okay, how many in your party? Up to six people can board at a time. So, they start handing out these cards with an assignment. There's two pilots, two uh, gunners, and two engineers in every party. That's cool. That's cool. I would not want to be an engineer, though. Like, you would think. You would oh, think. Okay. But, oh, okay. Oh, I changed my mind. Wait for All right. Yeah. Wait keep for going. Wait yeah. Um. So, I I I went on it twice. I was a gunner once and an engineer the second time. I really wanted to be a pilot, but other other friends really wanted it more than I did, so I let them have it. Um. You're good. You're a good time, person. Next time I go, I definitely want to be a pilot. But but um, there's a lot of pressure on the pilot. You get in. You, you, um, they give you your cards that have your little, your little role assignments. Um, uh, and, and here's the, the, the clever thing is that there are definitely like four or five cockpits. Um, but you can't see that. So that, so that multiple groups can ride at once, right? But you, sure. you can't see that yeah, from where yeah. you are. You're at the, at the room with the hollow chest table 
and they give you your card that says you're an engineer or whatever, and they, they group you in by color. So it's the blue group, the red group, the brown group, whatever. And they call you, but okay, brown group over here. And so the let's say the four or five different groups all disperse to different three different doors, and through each of those doors is a different cockpit. But you can't tell that from where you are. Does that mean um, that so you're actually not in the Millennium Falcon that you see you, when you walk you're in? Not. That's a model out front for looks. Uh, that's why you don't oh. go in, right? Yeah, right. So, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Because you got to fit as many groups as possible. Right. So, so that's, it makes that's, you basically that's think for the you're photo going ops. in the Millennium Falcon, but you're not. Exactly. It looks like you are. It looks like you're getting into that Falcon. Like the way they have it set up, you feel like you're getting into that Falcon. Um, that ballroom. So smart. But mm, it's so smart. Ballroom. It's like it's Disney Imagineering at, at, at its finest. So they, they pull you in there. Hondo reminds you what the mission is one more time. Now you're standing in another one of those sort of hallways that looks like the Chewie were home uh, hallway. And I didn't notice it, but I'm told that if you look off to one side, you can actually see the stairs going up and down to where the, the pivoting guns are from the dogfight in A New Hope. Oh, yeah, you can yeah, see yeah. That. Um, that's cool. Oh, so that's not where the gunners are. No, you're all in the cockpit. Everyone's just oh, in the cockpit. So oh, 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 okay. You, from there, Hondo recaps what the mission is going to be one more time. You get into the cockpit now, right? So there's two seats up front for the, for, the, for the pilots. There's two behind that for the gunners, two behind that for the engineers. Um. The way it works is you are actually controlling the ride. It is fully interactive. Like if you have a, if your pilots are steering poorly, you can destroy the Falcon. You can do a bad job. Oh um, yeah. So have you ever um have you ever been to Mission Space at Epcot, the Mars uh, ride? I've been to Epcot, but when I was a tiny child, okay. so no. Okay. So so Mission Space is one of my favorite rides there, and it's like a space simulator. Um, like actual space, like you're spinning really fast to feel the G-forces and stuff um, mm-hmm. to make it feel like you're blasting off and stuff. There's different roles there where it's like, okay, you, you know, you like hit the thrusters or whatever. But if you don't do them, the ride will do them for you. Sure. Um, so that the ride, the experience isn't ruined. This the, Smuggler's Run is a real life video game where you are actually in control. Um, wow. So the times they are changing. That's, they are. So, wow. so. I, I think it's because, like, they know that kids get video games and, like, get, like, will we'll know what, even a kid will know what to do. So they, um, one, one pilot controls up and down. The other pilot controls left and right. Um, uh, the gunners are, like, the gunners probably, in my opinion, have the least interesting role because they literally just, you just push, just push a button that fires and it's up to the pilots to, like, aim the ship so that you're, you're aiming at the right stuff. Oh, okay. The yeah, you're right. That's, the back, that's not that's not as interesting because I thought you'd be on like I got him, I got him. Yeah, I no, thought it's you'd not be like on that. You're just pushing yeah. a button that lights up, and you just you know, oh yeah, I don't want to do that. You shoot lasers. Yeah. Uh, the pilots are actually actually steering, and they yep. and they actually get to go into hyperspace and and punch it. Which when we went <gasps> to hyperspace, everyone in our cockpit all yelled punch it at the same time, which was so fun. <laughs> um, and then uh, the engineers have probably the second most interesting role because you're trying to steal coaxium from like a train, like in Solo. Um, yeah, like at the okay. Of Solo, you're actually mm-hmm, trained mm-hmm. like that, and uh, you have to like release the tow cable and retract the tow cable and that kind of stuff. And there's actually timing involved, and there's specific buttons that like light up and tell you when to press them. So when I was an engineer, I felt more in control of the game, like more in control of our team's success of our mission than I did as a gunner. Because a gunner, I was just sort of like, yeah, I'm shooting at the you know enemy who's coming at us, but like if the pilot sucks, then I'm not gonna I'm not gonna hit my target. As an engineer, like I'm releasing the tow cable, I'm pulling the stuff in. I'm actually in charge of like a significant part of our mission. That's right. Yeah, you, the mission either, apart from the ship being okay or not okay, you are responsible for it getting the thing. It, 
if I don't fire the tow cable at the right time, like, uh, uh, you know, we don't, we don't succeed. So, and you actually get scored. Each of you gets a score of like your percentage of like how many hits and misses of whatever. Oh my gosh. You're supposed to that do. is, that's intense. It's intense. And at the end, like they camping. count to points. Yeah. And, and like camping mm-hmm. and uh, like space camping. And, uh, <laughs> and like you, the, the pilots get graded on, on how much damage the ship sustains because like they crashed into a wall or something. Like it's, it's, there's actual, you know, points awarded at the end of it and a like percentage and stuff. And Hondo, uh, at the end, tells you if you did a good job or a bad job and how much coaxium you got and, like, how much money, how many credits you earned and what his cut is going to be because he's selling it and all this stuff. That's great. How much, how well did you do? Like, did you, uh, like, did you, because you played twice, so. Played twice. The first time we didn't do so great, uh, we got, like, maybe 60% or something. Mm. Um, second time we got, like, in the 80s, which I felt was pretty good. That's good. Um. So I felt a lot of ways that's better than Han Solo would ever do. So that's true. Yeah, it's very realistic in terms of the like the movement of the cockpit. Like you feel going up and down and sideways and slantways. And and Mm -hmm. like at one point there is spoilers. There is a like free fall thing where like you you fall like off a cliff sort of. So and you feel like you're in free fall for a few Mm -hmm. seconds. So if you get like car sick, motion sick, this might not be for you. Or at least like don't have blue milk before you get on this ride. You know, like it's just. It's gonna, you know, it's gonna be a bad time if that's not your thing. Yeah, that's a that's a great uh, that's a great warning because I do get motion sick, so mm-hmm. like I would like need to know that ahead of time. So, so don't but also when I know it's for. like it's computer, I'm not like scared motion sure. sick. It's sure. not like my car's actually fall, like falling off a cliff or it's, whatever. It's not like Tower of Terror where you're actually falling. Yeah, um, it just feels like you're falling. But yeah. it's it's pretty. That's good. easy. Pretty that's realistic. easier. I'm okay yeah. with that. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so that was super fun. I mean, that was the highlight of the whole thing for me was, was Smuggler's Run. Uh, but there's plenty more to see while you're there. Um, so aside from the cantina, aside from, uh, Smuggler's Run, there is, I mean, there's the lightsaber wor- workshop. I did not do that. My friend Will did it. Mm-hmm. Um, you can build your own lightsaber. You can design the hilt yourself with parts <gasps> that you That's want. Cool. It's $200. Cool. Um, so expensive so expensive but it looks awesome it makes the sounds it does the whole thing it's it's great it's a really nice looking really nice looking piece of equipment when it's done you customize it yeah now that i know that exists like if i go i'm saving my money for that that's kind of the thing that i would you know because i like star wars because of jedi so like i would need to that's what i'd be drawn to all right continue continue that's cool i didn't know that was a thing that's cool. You need to get a re- you generally need to get a reservation for that. I think you can do standby, but it's very hard to get standby. Mm-hmm. They take very few of those. So you want to make a reservation for that. Um, so you make you make your custom lightsaber. Um, there is a droid depot where you can build your own droid for a hundred dollars. Cute. Um, yep, yep, those are cool. Um, I didn't. No one from my party did that, so I didn't get to see that up close. But uh, and you can take a guest in to build the droid or the lightsaber. You can take I think one or two guests with you. Okay. Um, so that's cool. So even if a friend doesn't want to build one, but they want to see what it looks like, they can they can come in and see that. They can process. they can like come stand with you. That's yeah, exactly, exactly. Family friendly um, place. Yep, exactly. Dad's building a lightsaber. Kids, you're coming with me. You don't have a choice. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Jimmy Mack from Rebel Force Radio took his wife and his two sons, and he and his two sons, all three of them, built lightsabers together. I was like. Six hundred dollars. Dollars. You love your kids way more than I'll love mine. Yeah. Um, Financially, of course, but fun- in, in, no, in, maybe. In, 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, maybe. Yeah. Uh, there is a lot of um, 
Oh, there is a really cool area called the Ronto Roasters. And it, you know, like a rotisserie chicken, like on a spit? Mm-hmm. Sure. So they have a big, a big, like a, a Ronto, which I guess is like a, some big animal. I'm not sure what, which movie that's from or what that, what, where it's from, but a Ronto on a spit over a fire, like roasting. And, and it's, uh, it's this really cool. A Ronto is the thing that, um, George Lucas added into Moss Eisley in the 1997 thing where the where the um the Jawa swings from it where it stands back on its hind legs. It looks like a big draft. Okay. 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 Yep. 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 Okay. So there's one of those on a spit over a fire roasting. That's a huge you, thing to have on a spit. It's giant. The thing is the size of a room in front of oh, you. Oh, right? okay, yeah, up, okay, then it, yeah, that's yeah, a Ronto, yeah, yeah. yeah. It takes up most of the, the space. It's like an outdoor, indoor sort of oh, okay. restaurant area. And behind that, there's a counter where you can go and buy Ronto wraps, um, which are these that's really fun. delicious, uh, it's basically, I think it's like a hot dog with like brisket on it and like, and like, uh, coleslaw. Be, sti- be still my heart. Yeah. Sheesh. Everyone yeah, but literally, really but literally, it might but stop. But actually, yeah. yeah. They were delicious. Mm-hmm. Uh, but a Ronto wrap. Um, they also have like salads and other stuff too. They sell Coke and Sprite and stuff in these little thermal detonator bottles. I knew about, about that those. because you can't bring them on airplanes. TSA, TSA put the kibosh on those. Yeah. yeah Do yeah. they say like Coca Cola, but in the Star Wars script on the side in, or something in, like that? Not, not in. Yeah, in a in a font that um, I'm sure someone will tell me what it is, but it's a font that's of of, a, of some Star Wars language. So yes, it's not decipherable. It's not recognizable as the Coca-Cola logo at all. It's just um, it's the right colors, so it's the color scheme would give it away, but it doesn't look like the letters Coca-Cola. I dis- I disagree with that because Palmer, co-host of Academy Rewind, literally sent me a picture of one today, mm-hmm. and I it, without context, he just sent me the picture, and okay. I and I said, oh, that's the like the Coca. Is that a Coca-Cola? What did I say to him? I said, is that a Coca-Cola thermal detonator? Mm-hmm. That's it. That's and so if you look at like the like the bottom line looks as like the bottom of the I first guess, C. Yeah, there are and then the other right. one is the like the swivel of the top C. Well, but what I'm I think, saying yes, you're right. You're right. They made it so it is recognizable, <laughs> but you can't make out letters C O C A. No, you can't. No, you right, you right, have right. to kind of you have to be in the know at the same time. Yeah, it's like the shape of the Coca-Cola logo, right? Like, it, yes, it, it, yes, it's the right shape. It's just like it's almost like when you see those things where they just give you the first and last letter of every word in a sentence, and you can read the sentence. It's 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 almost like that, where it's like, oh, I recognize that, but there's parts missing. Anyway, um, so, uh, Ronto Roasters, uh, Coca-Cola thermal detonators, very cool, all of it. There are a bunch of merch shops and there were a lot of things that were quite tempting um, mm. at varying degrees of reasonability and price um you know you could buy the 800 dollar um kylo ren helmet um <laughs> right did it move? or you could buy the 12 no it was just a helmet did it, but like, i mean like the, like the mask like kind of separate like it does in the movie for 800 dollars like no yeesh. you just pop it on your head i think it's like a bucket uh <laughs> but um like a bucket i don't know they call it they call the stormtroopers bucket heads i don't know um, they do but no i know i love it but it like it 
it, one, it totally eliminates the need to spend eight hundred dollars when you call it <laughs> like what do you say like like a bucket, <laughs> like but an eight hundred dollar bucket. I am never gonna look at that helmet the same way again. I'm just gonna look at Kylo Ren and go, "You're wearing a bucket," even though it's not. It doesn't look like a bucket, but that's how it, it will always be in my head, like a bucket. Uh, excellent well, that's what it is excellent so there's that on the high end and then on the low end was like probably I mean there was like pins and stuff and there was like there were the um uh, Millennium Falcon dice for $12 which I very nearly bought but 12 bucks really that's think, not bad not, not bad. bad didn't really think I had a place to put them so I didn't and also you, I could buy those somewhere else your like, your car yeah, but I shared that car with my wife, and I want, and she's gonna be like, "So there's gold dice in our car for what reason?" Yeah, good point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, I'll take them out. Like, I mean, I'm sure she'd be like, "Okay, fine." It's but- true because, like, my wife and I have separate cars. So if I wanted to get gold dice and hang right. them in my car, like, it's my it. car. Yeah, yeah. We only have one car. We only need one car. So right. Well, yeah, because you work in a city. So why would you have more than one? Precise. Right. Public transportation. But, exactly. Um, but yeah, so so th- that you know that there were a few things like that that were tempting. There were lots of like, there's lots of like apparel, lots of really cool like sweatshirts and t-shirts and hats and stuff. A lot of which were very tempting, but a little pricey. They mm-hmm. had an awesome, awesome um, uh, replica of Chewie's satchel. Oh, I know you love. You want the satchel. I know I, that you I like. I do, love- and I had it in my hands, and I was like, you know, I could I could buy this. I don't remember how much it was, 60, 70 bucks. A little pricey, but like for like a nice bag, not unreasonable, you know, for a mm-hmm. nice leather bag. Um, I had it in my hands, and I was like, I don't want it that badly. Like, I'm not going to use it around town. I'm not going to walk around no. downtown Boston wearing that with no. the bandolier strap and everything, you know? No, you're like, past I'd- that point in your life. I am. I am. So, like, why? It'd be nice to have, but, like, 10 years ago, it'd been nice to have. I- I'm not at the point. And I'm not much. You know this. I'm, like, getting out of my need for, like, collectibles for their own sake. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like, I took a coaster from Ogus Cantina, um, and some people took menus and stuff. I just took the coaster, and and uh, I bought a couple little trinkets, like, pins and stuff, but nothing. Because sure. like, that I can, like, put on, like, my bag that I... I uh, you know, take around town, cool backpack guy. For those that know, yeah. um, you know, and and that's like a little more subtle and and more of a, I feel like more uh socially acceptable place to to deck out with uh with swag. So that makes sense. Know, with flair. So uh, we rounded another corner, and there was a full size Resistance X wing, like the blue X wing, um, which was. Real, like gray with the blue accent instead of the orange accent. Mm. Uh, super, super cool. And standing right there under it was Chewie working on it. Uh, and he's like oh, hammering cool. away, like, and he's like trying to put parts in. And Ray is standing next to him, and she's handing him, she's handing him parts, and they're trying to work the problem and like figure out. And the woman who played Ray was first of all gorgeous, like model beautiful. Uh, and I'm like, oh, it's L.A. I guess there's probably a lot of like actresses and models or mm. work at Disney. Um, but like, and she looked. I mean, she looked like Ray. She looked like um, Last Jedi costume era Ray. What's really cool about this whole part is that they have made it so that um, right now it's in the era between The Last Jedi and The Rise of Skywalker. Right. Um, but it could it, be adapted to I, I think after Rise of Skywalker. I think it will. I think that their plan is to adapt all of the a lot of the like the costumes people are wearing and um the things being said 
um, and and uh, a few other things, things that are that are easy to change, coats of paint, things like that, to make it up up to to whatever the current era of Star Wars is. Because um because Batu is it Batu is that the name of the planet that you're on? Yes. Yes. Okay. Um. So that is supposed to play a part in Rise of Skywalker, or it, it's somewhere in there because it it if you look at like the official Disney timeline of Star Wars, the official Star Wars timeline then it mentions Batu in that timeline. Like, there's something about uh, it see, in there. I so, assumed that uh, was because of Galaxy's Edge that that was in there. Me too. Maybe. I assumed Synergy and stuff. Like, they just there's a new Star Wars book out that takes place at Galaxy's Edge. You know, it's like uh, the Resistance uh, uh. is looking for a new... Um, the Resistance is looking for a new base of operations before sure. Rise of Skywalker. Um, and so, and I think that's basically what the whole story is. I think it also that book has also talked about like why Prince uh, 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 General Leia doesn't use the Force until she's in space. Oh, that's where that I had heard that there was a new explanation for that. I I, I hadn't gotten around to reading about that yet. Yeah, it comes from it comes from the Galaxy's Edge book. Basically, is that it's been available to her, but she doesn't want to trick people. Basically. She's okay. like, I'm not going to use the force to trick people to get like what I want. That's not fair. Um, so Got I'm it. going to do it the old-fashioned way, the way that I was trained how to do it, the way I know I can do it. Um, and then so she saves her life, not out of self-preservation with the force, but like they still need me. I'm not done gotcha. yet. And okay. so, yeah. I, I mean, that was kind of my read on it in the film too. So I like it didn't. That wasn't like earth-shattering to me. That that's the reasoning. I was like, yeah, sure, yeah, that's what I know about her. That sounds yeah, about right. It so, checks out, right? Yep, story check. Good yeah, stuff. Yep, story checks out. Cool. Well, that's uh, yeah. So you you get that stuff. There were lots of other details. I mean, there's like speeders off in different corners, and there's like almost everywhere you every you know like in one of the shop. I think it's one, I think it was in one of the shops. Like I saw IG88 like in parts in a corner. Um, like there's, there's lots of little, little hidden things. I mentioned that there's like welts and holes in walls where like clearly a blaster had, had struck, um, little, little details like that, that just like sort of make the whole thing, you know, more special. Um, there were every so often as you're walking through outs outdoors, there must be like hidden speakers somewhere. And this is where the Ben Burt thing comes in. You hear like the sound of TIE fighters overhead or like X-Wings overhead, and they do it in such a way that wherever you're standing, I get, it's all hidden. It's, in, it's up above you, probably in like the light, the lights, uh, oh, sure, sure, sure. street lights or whatever. Um, but you hear, it sounds like it's, it's moving overhead. Like it sounds like it's going from left to right. Cause I guess that there's speakers on your left and on your right. And they sort of use the stereo to make it sound like, like it's going from one side to the other. That's cool. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Very, very cool. To the point where at one point I did sort of look up like, where, how is that? Is there really something flying? Like it, it's, it's pretty convincing. That is um, very cool. All the staff, all the personnel, um, they, they're probably the most comfortably dressed people at Disney, honestly. They're still wearing like thick robes and stuff, but at least they're not wearing like a Mickey head on the top of it, you know? Sure. Um, sure. I mean, which are air conditioned all- inside, but still. True, yeah. but still, you know, it's mm-hmm. California in the summer. Um, they were, they were all, they all have like, they say certain phrases like, uh, instead of like good day or hello, it's like bright suns to you. Um, and, uh, they see you looking at your phone like, oh yes, your data pad. Um, I, I was asking if I could pay for my, 
my food with my uh, or or not even asking that she I, she saw that I was trying to use uh, Apple, Apple Pay, Pay on my phone right and she's like oh put your data pad right here and so I put my data pad right there and she's like all right that'll be two point seven five credits like everything is I love that that's every awesome. little detail and I've heard I've heard tell of uh, stormtroopers like coming up to little kids and like being like you know say she, giving them orders and stuff like that and 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 uh and apparently they're mu- they must be using a voice changer or something because all the stormtroopers talk the same like have the same voice <gasps> that's awesome um, voice changer that's so many mm. little details that they didn't need to do but they did anyway there's like red algae growing on the walls that just l- looks real doesn't look like it's painted on really looks like the real thing um all these little little details of like these are very old buildings that have been here for probably a thousand years um and and this place feels so immersive um i was surprised i'd never been to disneyland before and i'd always been told that like yeah disneyland is great but disney world feels so much more immersive and you can't see outside the park like you can't see anything Mm -hmm. you can't tell you're in the middle of orlando right whereas here you know disneyland I guess when you're standing in one, you know, in Adventureland, you can see Frontierland or whatever. You can see the different rides in the background, and it's it feels less immersive. But here, with the exception of I could see the very top of Splash Mountain, mm-hmm. other than that, it was just blue sky all the way around. So I felt like I was in a galaxy that, far, far away. Too. Yeah, I felt like mm-hmm. I was in a ga- galaxy far, far away. Um, I want to give a shout out. There's a really great Instagram account called Batu Rebel. B A T U U underscore rebel i'll put it in the show notes b-a-t-u-u underscore rebel um and uh this is from somebody who uh uh is a uh, a secret spy who goes to batu all the time i think it's, it's a person who who is a a disney annual pass holder and just goes there sure. every day um and they take these great photos of all, a lot of little, little different details and hidden things that you might not notice unless you like looked up and looked around um, but there's some great little things like, oh, that's from the movie and that's from the movie. And that's like, you know, there's this lightsaber and, um, there's some really great details there. So if you're into that sort of thing and you want to see a lot of the little Easter eggs, I very much recommend giving that a follow. Cause it's a lot wow. of fun. I am doing it. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. Um, but that was, that, I mean, I could talk about it for, for so much more. There's like, I could talk about the merch for a while. I could talk about a lot of the different things for a while, but. Um, I think I've, I've prattled on for, for quite enough. So that was my experience at Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. It was an absolute blast. I had such a great time. Rise of the Resistance ride has not even opened yet. Um, so once that opens, you know, I'll be very, very excited to, to go. I would love to go to the one in Orlando and just see how they're different. Mm-hmm. Um, now that's open. I was in LA the weekend that the Orlando one opened. But, um. Oh, oh, oh. oh. I, I didn't realize that, um, it opened at Disneyland yeah. first. Yes. Yeah. It opened at Disneyland. Um, quite a bit before i think um but yeah well yeah a couple months before uh and uh man it was it was something else but ah oh, just so much so so much oh man a land speeder i'm just looking at the yeah, i'm looking that's at what I'm the saying, man. two it's, rebels it's, it's great it's great there's so much great stuff i was really glad too the day we went um there was about a 20 minute wait for a uh, smuggler's run uh the next day apparently it was saturday of labor day weekend there were or Friday of Liberty Weekend, the day after we went, there it was a three hundred minute wait. Whoa. For for to ride the Falcon. So three hundred divided by sixty, that is uh that's like a six hour wait or something. Um stupid stupid long wait. So I was very glad that I went when I did. 
Yes. I heard a rumor that it wasn't doing well and they were considered turning it into Aladdin land. And I saw that dump. That's not that's that not can't right. be true. That's not true. You know, what is happening is that I think they're being very, especially at the, in the early days, they were very being very good about regulating the amount of traffic that went in because mm. they wanted it to not be overcrowded. And I think that people are interpreting that as like, oh, it's empty in here. It must be doing bad. Um, and, and admittedly, I think that Disney on their latest shareholders call said that like revenue in the parks wasn't as high as they wanted it to be. Now, granted, it doesn't mean it was down. It just wasn't where they wanted it to be. That's correct. But they've also raised the prices. Um, yes, they the, did. And a lot prices. of people thought that, oh, it's going to be busy. I can't go right away. And that yeah. kept a lot of people away. Kept a lot of people away. Um, I just, I also think that like, just like the cost is probably higher than a lot of people. Like, I think they may have overestimated how much people are willing to, to pay. Like how mm-hmm. much people are willing to, a family is willing to, to, to sacrifice to have a Disney vacation. Or can um, sacrifice, not even willing. Like, not willing, like, yeah, I able just to. can't get there, yeah, sorry. Exactly. So um, I think that they may have been a little overzealous there, but I think it'll, it'll even itself out eventually. It was a great experience. It's a great place. If you love Star Wars, I absolutely recommend it. Um, I had a great time. The rest of Disney was a blast, too. I could talk about that for hours, but I won't. It was, it was fantastic, and uh, I loved every minute of it. Went back, at, we went first thing like in the afternoon, and then went back at night when they, right before they closed for one last smuggler's run and uh, a group photo in front of the Falcon at night. And it was, it was just fantastic. It was just awesome. Day, day and night. That is awesome. Best. I'm so glad that you were able to go and fill us in on this experience because Lord knows when I'll, I'll get there. So I, I'm so happy. Good for you. That's great. Yes. Thanks. It was a blast. And uh, I'm, I'm glad. Thank you for letting me share it. Oh, you're very welcome. So you can find us at beerwithgeeks.com at Gmail, Twitter, and Facebook. You can rate and review us on iTunes and find us other places podcasts can be found, obviously, because you're listening to us right now. And uh, naturally, you can go over to Patreon.com to check out our uh, Patreon to support the show, and you can head over to ThoughtBubbleAudio.com to check out all other ThoughtBubble Audio shows. Yes, I say sir, these things, Tim. people don't really listen, but I say them because it's my due diligence. You know, I gotta, your... I, I gotta punch the numbers. It is our so, duty. Mm-hmm. It is our, is our sworn duty. Indeed. Indeed. But, Frank, uh, this was great. And so, until next time, cheers. cheers.